This is Allie. And this is Sage. And this is us on the This Too Much podcast. Yay! It's a podcast about This Is Us, if you don't know that by the 15th episode. <laughs> I cannot believe that we're on episode 15, Allie. I know that we say this like every single episode. We do say this all the time, but it is true. This went really like it flew. And then I'm like, oh my God, there's only five seasons left after this one. <laughs> only five seasons left. Guys, five seasons left. You've got sad. a lot more content coming from us. This is probably yeah. not even our best content yet. So not yet. I feel like we're over promising and going to under deliver. <laughs> <laughs> we want them. We want them to come back. So yeah. we over promise. Come yeah. back. I also want to give a shout out to a very kind redditor, um, because I just appreciate very nice people, and this person was so kind. Um, and I know we shouted out Tabitha's mom before, but I'd like to shout out Psychological Exit 33. So if you're out there and you're still listening, I hope you are. Um, I just really appreciate you. I thought that was very kind of you. And Sage and I, when we read it, we're having not a great day, um, both of us collectively in different parts of the world. Um, so it just made our day. And I just wanted yeah. to say thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate all of our fans and we will absolutely shout you out on an episode if you want, if you want to hear your name, if you want us to say hi to you, to your dog, to your brother, we'll say it, we'll say hi, so send us a message. I love that. Yeah, and if you, yeah, we have a, so we have an Instagram now in case you didn't know yet, I feel like this is a little bit, I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but um, at this too much pod on Instagram. So if you want to slide into our DMs there and talk to us, that's great. Also, you can write into our email at this too much pod um, at gmail.com. So this too much pod at gmail.com. And then our Instagram handle is this too much pod on Instagram. I also want to tell everybody that John Fuertes, who plays Miguel, liked one of my comments again, and that's the third comment of mine he liked on something with this stuff. So eventually I'm going to be brave, brave and slide into his DMs and ask him. We're going to, we're going to try to get him on the show. Yeah, we want to get him on the show. Ali's not just sliding in his DMs to be weird. No, not to be weird. I don't want to hook up <laughs> with him. Right. <laughs> Right. We just want him to be on the show, guys. So to be clear, I think he's attractive. I'm just married. <laughs> right. <laughs> now that we've got all the clarifications out of the way, do you want to start the episode? I would love to. Do you want us to do you want to give us a summary? Sure. So this is episode 15. It's entitled Jack Pearson's Son. And the synopsis is Jack and Rebecca's Valentine's Day Goes South. Toby and Kate dig deep, Kevin preps for opening night, and a tightly wound Randall begins to unravel. Ugh. Can I tell you, guys, this is going to be controversial. I love Kevin in this episode. See, what have I been telling you for like several weeks now, Allie? I know. Can I also He's tell so you good. something? He's so good. And there is, this is the episode when we got to this episode, I couldn't remember which episode it was. And then when I started watching it, I realized like I was hooked on This Is Us from the beginning, right? But this episode, why did I say episode like that? <laughs> this episode, this episode just like was the one that like sealed the deal for me the way, and we'll, we'll talk more about like Randall and stuff. Cause I think that's why it sealed the deal for me. Um, the way they portray Randall's like unraveling is just very real to me because I've had similar experience to Randall like that. So, but that it sealed the deal for me as far as like loving it and continuing. So I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was a good episode. I think that this is also a big episode for all of the big three characters. Whereas yeah. like sometimes we don't get as much from- Kevin's been on that back burner for a long time. <laughs> yes, he has. And I know that he has a lot of like big moments coming up. And that's something that the show kind of does too is like each season. So like they have specific episodes about each of the big three, but they yeah. also sometimes do like an entire season kind of focused on one character more so than the others yeah, and I, I feel like in 
season one, like there's a lot of focus on Randall, but coming yeah. up in like season two, maybe end of season two, season three, there's a lot of Kevin. Yeah, there's a lot of Kevin. I think it might be season two bleeding into the beginning of season three, like halfway through. But yeah, there's a lot of focus on Kevin. So yeah. I can't wait to get there because I'm I'm really enjoying rewatching Kevin. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I don't know why I didn't like him more the first time around. I know why I didn't like him more, but, (laughs) but this time around, now that I know the whole story and like how it's fleshed out, I'm like, oh, what a good guy. Yeah. We'll get there. It's a good one. We will. So the episode starts out and it's Valentine's day. It's so exciting. And Rebecca's sitting at the table, spiraling, making lists like a crazy mom would. Yeah. I didn't like love this to be honest with you though, because I felt like I mean, I know that she I was felt like, like she was acting like Jack was a babysitter. Kind of, yeah. And I also like I know that she was like stressed, but it was also like Valentine's Day. And I was like, he's trying to be sweet to her in the whole nine yards and she's blowing him off. And I don't really like that. Yeah, I don't love it. Um, I also looked up O'Shannon's because I went to a bar in Pittsburgh that was a um, that was a, an Irish bar. It was not O'Shannon's. And when I Googled it, I could not find anything on O'Shannon's. Nothing. Like it doesn't exist anymore or never existed. Like even the This Is Us articles that came up didn't say it was like a real place like Froggies. Interesting. So, I thought that was interesting, but that scene was short, but it was enough to irritate me for the yeah. rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. um and then we see kate walking up to duke's cabin cabin 13 which is where we left off on the last episode is he invited her to his cabin and i so guys i told Allie this before we started and i guess i'll share it with you my brain like created a false memory of what happened in this scene you have the mandela effect you're like it definitely happened i do have the mandela effect i definitely thought that kate kissed duke and then said i can't do this and that's why he kicked her out not because she told him off i have no idea where this memory came from But that's honestly what I thought had happened this entire time. And then we later find out in the end of the episode that Kate and Toby pushed their wedding back. And I thought it was because (laughs) I'm telling you, I have no idea where this came from. I just made it up. I made up what happened, apparently. Oh, my God. I I have to say the first scene and, and this scene I didn't love because why? Why did you feel the need to even go over there? Like, why do you need to go there and like prove yourself? It was annoying to me. I just didn't really love it. And then I, like, even when she was like, deep down, I'm awesome. That was a direct, that's a direct quote. And I was like, no, please stop. Yeah. And then we, so we then find out that Duke's parents own the camp and Kate is kicked out. I think that's really weird because I feel like she could have sued them. Yeah. She could have, you're right. I was like, why did we even make this storyline? Like, I don't love the Duke thing. I didn't like any of it at all, to be honest with you. No. Maybe that's why I didn't, maybe that's why I made up what I thought happened, but I don't know. And I just, I feel like it was kind of misplaced because it just, it didn't add anything to Kate's story. Like it was like steep plot and it was like pointless. Well, it didn't fit. It didn't. You didn't need this part of the story to see the rest of Kate's plot with Toby at all. Right. Really. Like at all. Yeah. No. And then I think we see Kevin, but he's with Katie Couric in an interview. And I was like, I can't remember if this is real or fake, but I'm pretty sure it's a dream. Right. So I wrote down (laughs) when she says something about Olivia and Sloan, I wrote down, is this a dream? (laughs) But I feel like reporters are really inappropriate sometimes like that. I mean, I think Katie Couric has a very good, like a sterling reputation and is is a great reporter, but um, I just thought it was pretty funny. You know, you find out that it's a dream, thank God. And 
Kevin wakes up because his phone is ringing. And I love that Sophie knows. She knows the dream. And she's like, who is she playing tennis with, Kevin? Yeah. Well, and honestly, like, it's it, it's so kind of cute, I guess, to see them now. Because they know each other better than anybody else knows no. them, you know? So it was so sweet. Yeah, it was a small moment. Like, she's not in this episode very much. But... Mm-hmm. It was a it was a cute moment. I loved it. I thought it was really sweet. And then I think next we see Randall, and I entitled this scene "Running and Spiraling." Yeah, I mean it makes sense. <laughs> but I just like I think I relate to Randall so much—not the running part, but the thinking and just thinking about everything. When you have anxiety, it's really easy to spiral and think about everything that's ever happened that's ever given you anxiety. That's a big deal. And I think they do such a good job with this, even when he's having that anxiety attack, because he's having the attack, Kevin's talking to him, but he's he's so high functioning with it because he's dealt with it his whole life. But Kevin doesn't even notice that that's why he's out of breath because he's like having a full on anxiety panic attack. Right. So I just, I thought that was really relatable. I also thought it was very well done. I agree. Um, And I think that, so the last episode we saw that Randall was like starting to struggle, but I think that this is like when it's like really first solidified for the audience as well. Um, We see him, obviously we kind of see into his brain a little bit and him like you said, he's spiraling, but this is also, we see like actual physical manifestations of him like shaking in the shower and he's, he hasn't been sleeping. So he's like all over the place when he's talking to Beth and William. Yes. Sensory overload is what I wrote too. Like he's Beth's sister calls and Randall just Randall's a people pleaser. So he wants to put everything on his plate, even if he can't handle it anymore. And I feel like Beth normally knows, but in that moment, obviously she's distracted, but like Beth's talking and William's arguing with him, but I was laughing because Randall's talking to William like he's five years old. Well, and I'm not saying that it was like, okay, but I also think that I love William. Don't get me wrong. I, but he, he, almost, I thought he was being a little brat in this episode. He was. And I and I get why he was being a brat. Like we get into it later in the episode. But I also just was like, William, can you like calm down for like two minutes and just like let them help you? <laughs> they care right. for you. You know what I mean? Like let right. people that love you do things yeah, for you. Yeah, let people who love you love you. Like mm-hmm. I just, I do feel bad for Randall in the scene because I feel like he's holding the whole world together. And if one snag happens, which obviously we see later, like he just falls apart, like everything falls apart. So right. it's very, but relatable. And then I think after that, we see Jack, right? Making reservations at O'Shannon's and he wants the booth under Muhammad Ali, which I thought was just so cute. Just so cute that he's like that specific booth. Also, I want to say who makes the reservations right on Valentine's Day? You better. I mean, (laughs) okay, so, but they are just going to like an Irish pub. get cheeseburgers, I know. Right, so I was like, they're probably, they probably don't even need to make a reservation, even though it is Valentine's Day, but he wanted that table. Because grand gestures, you know? Because grand gestures, yeah. Right. And then Migs comes in and Jack is talking to him. And I know Jack's just like talking to a friend, but the way that he's saying things is so rough. Like I was like, this is nasty. Like it's it's borderline nasty. I wrote that too. I was like, this is like one of the very first times that Jack has ever like complained about Rebecca to yeah. like anybody. So like I those men like- I was complaining about golfing that one episode. Yeah, I know. He is acting like that. And I guess everybody has their faults. But, you know, I was like, whoo, one step down off that pedestal, buddy. Right. I also made note that Miguel mentioned Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park, which was funny to me. But it's even more funny because Jeff Goldblum is from Pittsburgh. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah, he's a Pittsburgh native. Um, And then I did think I made note Miguel makes a comment to Jack where he's like, can we go? I'll go. We we can go out together. You don't have to drink or anything, which I feel like if you know, I mean, obviously that one little thing happens with him and Rebecca earlier, 
where she's like, get it together. But I think also what, what comes later in the episode, you're like, oh, this is a bigger problem than maybe we thought. Yeah. I mean, we did like solidify early on, I think in the, in the season that Jack had gone sober because we see him, um, Rebecca tells him to clean up his act. And then we see them at the pool in another episode. And he says, I don't even need to bring alcohol. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I, thought that I was think it is like pretty, yeah, I think it is pretty like solidified that Jack's sober. Yeah, maybe I forgot all about the pool thing, but you're right. And then the, the most troubling thing about this scene to me was when Miguel said he was going to wear a fedora. I don't think that's <laughs> the most troubling thing in this scene. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just fedorka. That's exactly what <laughs> I can't handle it. My brother Grant, who we're going to have on soon, like walked around his whole fourth grade year wearing a fedorka. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not that much older than Grant. And I was like, and about fifth or sixth grade when I did my little fedora theme life I guess fedora it happens to the best of us we all have our things I had things in the 90s that you know it was just because my parents told me I looked adorable in it and yeah Grant also looked adorable but I feel like Grant slept in it like showered in it <laughs> like he was like a little brother from like a sitcom who just never took his little fedorka off <laughs> I love that I also so, noted that in this scene with Jack talking to Miguel that they are setting him up again they do yeah. such a like they do him dirty they do him dirty I feel very badly but I don't remember not liking him that much the first time I watched it and this I'm like ooh, you're making him gross like yeah. yeah well and I think he like brings up how like perfect Rebecca is and everything again and he's like oh she's like oh Jack it's, it's Rebecca like yeah. yeah I was like she only has eyes for you and all like I could think about the whole time was but do you want her to have eyes for you Miguel because it's clear right. like it's like it almost, makes it seem that way it almost makes it feel like and it, maybe it maybe it's true and maybe it's just something I'm picking up on more now but like it almost seems as if Miguel's had a crush on Rebecca this entire time yeah, but I feel like later in the series, not really a spoiler alert, guys, because you know they're married. Like when we see flashbacks, I don't feel that way. Like I don't feel that way at all. Like later when their story develops more. But is it because you know what comes of it? So I don't know. I don't think so. Like I just feel like the later episodes, they kind of lay off Miguel. Maybe it's because everybody was like hating on him, which yeah. I I don't know. I still love him though. Like he's I do too. Ugh, he's. I just got goosebumps thinking about him because I just love him. <laughs> I want, I would like uh, John Huertes to come onto the show oh so God. that we can talk about this with him. I want to talk about it with him. We don't even have to do it. He doesn't even have to be in a specific episode. He can be like a cute mm -hmm. little, like one of our extra episodes. Love it. So excited. Love it too. So then we see Kate and she's at Toby's door of the hotel. And one thing I hate about Kate is Kate, always acts like she didn't do anything wrong she did this the one time when she freaked out when Toby lost all that weight she just shows up and is like hey and then she's like and then the way she said I'm sorry in this scene killed me because she's like I'm sorry but I'm not making excuses and I was like you are though if there's a but there's an excuse I was just like over Kate at this point yeah. in time in this episode not her best self yeah and then what kills me is that Toby basically takes the blame for the whole situation and he's like well I'm just jealous of Duke because I don't even know what kind of but like he he takes on all the blame I was yeah. like what I know I was like what the heck? did she just gaslight you into doing this like <laughs> basically but then I also Toby, love that he well go ahead I was gonna say but then Toby brings up a really good point about the fact that they barely know each other and they're about to get married yeah, but I was like, shouldn't you have known that before? I also laughed so hard when he called Duke the Jared Leto of Fat Camp. <laughs> because it is funny because it's like Jared Leto in my so-called life. Another show that was canceled too soon, everybody, before it's time. Um, but I was like, Duke is not Jared Leto of Fat Camp. 
and, and I would just like to say I saw Jared Leto in real life did you know that no I didn't know that his band 30 seconds to Mars came to um the local university pretty close to me and they um they played and I was like I could have licked him oh my like, god I was that close he invited he my cousin it? on it he invited my cousin on his tour bus one time when she went to I a concert gonna... in the 90s I was gonna ask I was literally about to ask did Jared Leto like try to get you to join his cult no he didn't thank god because I would have given him a swift kick in the ass but <laughs> my he did ask my cousin in the 90s like when he was very popular as um Jordan Catalano he he invited her on the tour bus and my cousin has a picture of them together oh my gosh yeah he she did she declined thank goodness no seriously if anybody doesn't know if anybody's not up on the pop culture Jared Leto has like basically his own cult yeah remember when he was like meditating and didn't know COVID was happening and he came back and he was like I just came back and everybody's not outside but that's what, but that's what I'm saying like he he took like a bunch of fans like they paid like thousands and thousands of dollars to go like meditate on like his yeah. own private island and, like, weird do weird things with him and yeah, yeah. weird creepy creepy he he is he's been maybe a, he is, accused maybe duke duke is the jared leto fat camp maybe also i'm saying fat camp guys because that's what toby called it i would never call it that in real life right <laughs> but yeah super interesting hmm. but anyway i wonder if kevin knows jared leto <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. <laughs> and then speaking of Kevin, um, we see Kevin with Sloan, like right before the play, and they're being professional and polite, but also I entitled the scene Ako Taco because I feel like they're both like, great, great. It's gonna be great. So great. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, back. Like this, it was too polite. I feel like though they were also both pretty nervous. And so I think that that added into it. I actually thought it was like a relatively positive interaction considering their history. Yeah. So I agree. Considering Salone overreacted to what a man she was dating for a week said. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> <That is> true. <laughs> yep. Um, and then that was like a very brief scene. And then I think there's a flashback and this was so funny to me. I when love they're all standing there, speaking loud mouth, and is like, or was it Kate or was it? Yeah, it was Kate. She's like, oh, he thinks that he's Kevin thinks he's a big deal now that he's having sex with Sophie. And <laughs> Rebecca just like zooms out of the corner with her mom ears. <laughs> I just want to say she was like waiting around the corner to see what her kids were saying and i just want to say to all the i'm not a parent ali's not a parent so we're we're not really up on the whole parenting um rules and everything but i just want to say that the way that you hear things that you don't want to hear is by spying on your kids right no i agree and as I, a former as a former kid don't spy on your kids because you'll you'll find out the things right you right. don't want to know I agree. And I just thought it was like very bizarre. Like, what did you think they were going to say as teenagers? Right. Like, duh. And then I even like when Kevin's like, oh my God, you're detwinned. And then Rebecca looks at Randall, like, why didn't you tell me? Or did you know about this? And he goes, honestly, I just assumed. <laughs> but I thought that was a good one. I thought it was really funny. It was like a tiny flashback, but I yeah. thought it was great. So next, Kate and Toby, and they're in the cute store, the like, jackets whatever kind of store a men's clothing store and they're asking each other stuff and i love that kate says that her first crush was aladdin <laughs> <laughs> i get it <laughs> who was your first crush ali cartoon or real life it doesn't matter hmm. i my first like crush crush well, i'll just tell the story real quick i loved leonardo dicaprio right because I, I'm too old for him now. If anybody's seen the news, <laughs> way over the 25 year old age limits. <laughs> um, oh but um, I loved him because the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Titanic, right? Which is so weird for a seven year old, right? So I then became obsessed, right? I was obsessed with Celine Dion after this. My heart will go on. Did a lip sync to it, guys. 
maybe one day I'll post it on the this too much <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> but um, it got to the point where I was so in love with him that my mom told me I could not watch the movie or the My Heart Will Go On music video because I kept making out with the TV and she had to Windex it a lot. <laughs> True story. True story. Oh I love that. As my mom would say, I was, I was oversexed. <laughs> okay. Who took me to the movie, bro? You. So who was your first I, crush? I have a very explicit memory of the first time I think I ever had a crush on anything on television was I was watching The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Okay. Like season one-ish. Mm-hmm. And Jesse McCartney came <laughs> on. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I thought this was going a different way. And I was like, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> and Ashley Tisdale and um, Brenda Song's characters, whose names I can't remember. Maddie and Maddie and um, London? London, yeah. Maddie and London. They were like fangirling over Jesse McCartney. And then it. I was like, I get it. I understand. And I started fangirling over Jesse McCartney. That's a really sweet one. Yeah. And I love him. He, he doesn't Still. want another pretty face. He, he just wants your love to go to waste or something. He looks exactly like he did in the early 2000s. Just I know. I saw more wrinkles. Yes. I saw him recently and I was like, wow, look at you. His haircut is the same. Yeah. Everything is the same. He hasn't changed. He's too old for Leonardo DiCaprio. He is too old for Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I can't. Um, I, I can't. Um, and then I feel like what Kate and Toby are doing is what they should have done before they got engaged, asking all these basic ass questions. Okay. Right. There were things that made me laugh though when Toby was like, were you popular? And Kate's like, no. And then she's like, were you popular? And Toby said, did you just hear the name of my turtle? (laughs) I also was a child with a pet turtle who had like a silly name like that. What did he say? Shirley was his turtle's name. Vernon Shirley. Yeah. And my turtle's name was Theodore. So I get it. I love that. Thank you. I had a rabbit. His name was just, or his name was, um, oh my God, not Giuseppe. What the heck was, oh, Carpelli. Because it was, this is why, because I was obsessed with this weird, weird show where this man sat on PBS playing his guitar. <laughs> it tracks if you would know me in real life. Like, as obsessed with this man, Carpelli. So, <laughs> yeah, I love that rabbit. And then it ran away. <sighs> So rough. So then after that scene, I think we're back at Randall. Yep, I think so. And Randall's at work and I feel so bad for him. And I think this, this also is something to be said for company loyalty because Randall has been doing what he's supposed to be doing above and beyond for years and years and years. He's just going through like a couple months of a rough patch of trying to get, you know, things together. And I think his boss sucks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But also, and this is why we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I also think that this plays into Randall, maybe with some of like his issues with you say perfectionism, I say a little competitive, and I agree with competitiveness in this episode specifically. Um, But he needs he like feels this need to be number one. Mm -hmm. And even in like the last couple episodes, we've seen Randall's boss try to be like, hey, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna share your accounts with Sanjay. Sanjay. Yeah. And so like, I'm gonna split your accounts. And Randall's the one that's like very adamantly against this. And he feels like it's like a demotion. Whereas like his boss even said like in a couple episodes back, like, I'm just trying to take some stress off of you. Like you've got a lot going on. So right. I feel like, yeah, his boss might be kind of a jerk in this situation where he's like, hey, like you have it's to do It's 920. I right. hated the way he said that. Yeah, this is your job, but 
at the same time, like Randall's the one that was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I can handle it. You know? So I feel like he kind of put a little bit of it on himself. Yeah, I think so too. I, I guess I just know how that, like, I just, I get it because anytime work is being taken away from you or someone gives you the option for it to be taken away from you, you don't want to be seen as the weak link. So you're like, no, 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 I can definitely handle all of this, which I think is why he did that at home where he was like, yeah, Beth, I'll take care of all of this. Plus William, plus I'm going to go to work. Plus I'm going to go to Kevin's show. Um, which speaking of Kevin, Kevin comes into Randall's office and is right. just like trying to talk about himself and not in like a vapid sort of way, just like a, like, Hey, here's what's going on with me. And then Randall's just like, so out of it. And I, it's so funny because you see like a light bulb turn on in Kevin's head and Kevin knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think that's where, I think that's where Randall's work is like left at that point in time, right? Like we end with him and Kevin. And then I think, does William call? The nurse calls. The nurse calls because William fired her and locked her out of the house. Locked her out of the house. And that's also why I'm like kind of irritated at William because I'm like, your son is stretched very thin and he's trying to make you comfortable right and you're being rude (laughs) yeah I agree and I'm a little bit annoyed with William as well but I also try to like keep it into perspective some because William has known Randall some a few months like this is this is so it's not much different than you know just a good friend or somebody like that seeing Randall in this state because like they don't know each other that well they haven't whereas like Kevin Beth you know Rebecca they've all seen Randall his entire life or most of it so they they kind of know yeah but Beth also gave William that warning like this man is perfect and this is what happens when he gets overstimulated it's true yeah it goes blind (laughs) like <laughs> so that's yeah and I well once we get to the part where Randall gets home I understand why William locked that woman out of the house but we'll we'll, we'll get and then I think next is a flashback and Jack and Rebecca are in Kevin's room downstairs and there's awkward silence and this gave me secondhand embarrassment because I've had talks with my parents that are super uncomfortable like this maybe not this exact talk but like, it's the worst where you're all sitting there and no one knows what to say because it's like so awkward. However, I think Jack Pearson does a great job. He says two words. Well, Condoms. he's going to- Respect. <laughs> but the way he's like, first of all, condoms. Second of all, respect. That's not But on. I felt like it would have been good if he could have kept going if Randall wasn't freaking out about Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. Two words: condoms, respect. But I like how Rebecca does not mean. does not finish the talk either. Like, and I also, but I do backburner child. Yeah, backburner child. Poor Kevin. Here I am. Poor Kevin. It took me a while to get here. Um, I still think Kevin needs to be responsible for his own actions, but. Still, but um, I, do I don't think love he's being Jack. irresponsible. No, I don't either. But I just mean later. Yeah. There, soon, adult Kevin will do some stuff that adult Allie does not love. Fair. As an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love Jack in the scene with Randall as well. When he like holds his little face and is like, just breathe. We're going to breathe it out. Everything's okay. Um, everything's going to be fine. And I was just, mm so sweet and then Rebecca breaks all of this sadness with Kevin's having sex Randall's freaking out and Kate's wearing a lot of eyeliner so it can't be good (laughs) poor Kate and her eyeliner I know they give Kate such a hard time like come on it was the it was the 90s yeah yeah my mom would have worried I didn't start wearing makeup till like summer before ninth grade and I thought I was so cool with this midnight blue pencil eyeliner that I used to put only on my bottom waterline 
<laughs> with my braces. Like I thought I was really cool, but I'm glad my mom never said anything about my really thick, weird eyeliner and my Mary Kate Nashley. It was Mary Kate Nashley brand because they just make great, great makeup. Mary Kate Nashley, if you're listening, I would really like you to bring your makeup line back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Good. I never, I never really wore makeup in high school. Mm-hmm special occasions but I was just never into it I love makeup but I don't like I I'm lazy that's the problem like I think makeup is so fun yeah well that's the thing is I used to work in the morning before school in high school because I did things after school so I would work I would get up at like 5 a.m and work for a couple hours before going to school in high school And so I think I was just too lazy to, and I wanted to sleep as long as I possibly could. I just really loved boys. And I thought the way to a boy's heart was makeup. With makeup, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> and then when I got to college, I was like, this is me. <laughs> Without makeup. Oh, and then next, I think, is Kate and Toby, right? And Kate is asking Toby all these personal questions about, you know, his ex-wife and about his family and about, you know, mental health and that, like, you know, because they've talked about it before. And then he asks her about Jack and she's like, I like not, she doesn't say it like this, but she's like, I don't want to talk at all. I'm not ready yet. She said, (laughs) which I think is really rude. If you're going to ask super personal questions about someone else. I agree. And I think Toby and he tells her later on that like they can't get married yet because he can't marry somebody that can't tell him everything and I think that's totally valid like honestly the fact that he's not more angry at her is like frustrating for me because while I think that like she she obviously has trauma that she needs to work through right yeah but like she wants to marry this person. Like, I just, I feel like these things kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you can't, I mean, I don't necessarily buy into the, um, like thought process of like, if you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. Cause I don't know if I think that's true. You know what I mean? Um, but I do think if you don't handle your emotional baggage and you're acting like a crazy person because you you're an adult now and you haven't handled anything in your life ever but that's a problem right that's when I I think think you can't love somebody yeah and I think like marriage is something that is like all about trust basically and if you if you can't trust that person to tell them like what's going on with you yeah then you can't like you shouldn't be in a marriage with them no I totally agree I think Toby Toby is smart about the whole thing and yet somehow and then somehow apologizing all the time (laughs) like why always then we see Randall he goes back to his house and lets the nurse in and William says that the reason why he fired and the nurse and locked her out was because she wouldn't let him have a coke which I have a lot to say about this the man is dying let him have the diet coke or whatever kind of coke he wants like are you joking right I'm not really sure like how that would have happened I mean they don't really get into it but like right my whole thing is like it's not like he's at a hospital where there are like rules or whatever I don't know if there are rules about diet coke but like also, Coke, if you're listening, I love a good Coke Cherry Zero. I'd love oh to gosh. be your sponsor. I love Diet Coke. We Can we please get a Diet Can we yeah. please get a Coke? We sponsor? love Diet Coke. And love uh, Diet. Coke Zero, I love it. Diet Coke Lime, if you still make that. I haven't found it in a while, but I love it. Allie hates um, vanilla Diet Coke. I do. But I love it. So, But yes, the fact that I know that Allie hates vanilla diet coke is because we've had extensive diet coke conversations so coke if you're out there we love you (laughs) (laughs) anyway i just want the man to have a coke and also how did he push her out of the house like (laughs) that's what i'm wondering like something about this seems fishy like 
he probably sent her and said, oh, there's Diet Coke in the garage and then locked the door with, and considering how childish he's being. Right. Right. I totally agree. And then (laughs) I think we're at a flashback. We see Miguel and Jack sitting at a table and Miguel's like, I'm going to call myself Big M. And Jack's like, no, please tell her it's just from Miguel. <laughs> he, said, he, said, he said he's rebranding, basically, because his wife and him got divorced. <laughs> I could, if I was Shelly, I would have got divorced, too, if my husband tried to call himself Big M. <laughs> and wear a fedora. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> God bless Miguel. And I would like to mention that Rebecca is singing one of my favorite songs by one of my favorite artists. She's singing Bring It On Home To Me by Sam Cooke, which I love Sam Cooke. He's amazing. Um, and I love the song. And Mandy Moore sounds great, obviously. She does sound great. But what happened to the days of like going to listen to like a lounge singer in like a cool bar like that? I was like, this would be fun. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, um, for the first time in quite a long time, I saw a band live this weekend. Yeah. They weren't really my genre, but still and it was like 10 p.m. and the bar was like the size of a bathroom. So it was a little loud, but yeah, it was okay. Yeah. I'm going to see Harold Harold Styles tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be amazing. Probably will be amazing, honestly. Oh, I know I know it will be. I'm a little jealous. (laughs) I'm to say. Ellie, I need you to come to England with me. I've left Olivia. And I will say, okay. Okay. About time. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. And then next is we see Kevin. And I have to say that this was like my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in this whole episode. Because... He's like, where's my mom, Miguel? And I will say Kevin was very polite mm-hmm. for not like for normally not being since the Pilgrim Rick incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but and Migs, I I noted that Migs looks so happy to see him. Like he's just happy that he's at the door. And I was like, how sad that Kevin's so rude to you. <laughs> You're just like so happy to see him. It's very sad. Yeah. But I think Migs is trying and he's trying to relate to Kevin. And he's just talking about um, how Jack was like steadying and he thinks about Jack. And then, and then he says, it breaks my heart that you don't like me, Kevin, because I think you're a lot like your dad. And that just gave me goosebumps even talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it was a really, really sweet moment. Um, Miguel goes on to say that he loves being around Kevin because it feels like he gets a little bit of his best friend back. Yeah. It was very touching. It was touching. Yeah. I also wanted to be like, obviously he helped you. Say thank you, Kevin. Kevin never (laughs) says thank you. I think that's rude. It's rude. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was rude. Wishy-washy with your head movements. That's rude. (laughs) (laughs) I also thought, what a shame too that Migs is like such a lovely person and there's all this wasted time of like Kevin not really liking him that much yeah and I know Kevin says I don't I don't not like you I'm like but kind of you're just yeah. neutral if you were well, neutral is- you would have gave him that damn pilgrim rick hat <laughs> this is like an ongoing issue so yeah. we get a lot more of all of this in later yeah. seasons also so and then I think we're back to Randall, right? Mm-hmm. And he's at the table for that meeting. And I thought this was so hard to watch. Um, and I think it's really sad because no one's trying to help him. But I think when Sanjay helps him, I, I honestly think it's an act of kindness because I think he sees him struggling. I don't think it honestly has anything to do with making himself look good at that point in time. Right. Well, and I think that that's, partially what's going on with his work in general like I I kind of think that some of the negativity and I don't think it completely because later on we see more issues with like his his career and stuff but I think that there's been a few circumstances where Randall takes it negatively whereas they're just trying to help him out so right yeah 
and I, I like Sanjay, Sanjay actually, like, he seems like a very nice man. I just feel like in the scope of Randall, not that they make him the villain, but it's definitely like Randall's yeah. antagonist right now. But I thought this was just like a pure act of kindness, like trying to help Randall out. So for sure. And I think that they're trying to kind of his boss is kind of pinning them up against each other, probably because like they're the two strongest and, you right. know, that's what bosses tend to do like for yeah. promotions and stuff not that it's right but no but yeah that happens sometimes and then I think after that we're at a flashback mm-hmm. and we see Rebecca's bandmate whose name I didn't write down because I didn't feel like he was worth it no I don't remember his name to be honest I don't either you. Joe maybe I don't know it doesn't matter I wrote douchebag energy um, yeah honestly <laughs> And I feel like he also has Duke energy where he like makes a comment and is like trying to, I don't want to say gaslight, but kind of like, because Duke did the same thing to Toby. He was like, oh yeah, Kate, mm, oh wow, this is awkward. Whereas whatever his name is also kind of does that to Jack. Like, oh, I thought when we dated. And, but I do feel like Jack goes a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs here. Like I was like, you got her, bud. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a little bit, but at the same time, I think that Rebecca withholding the information from Jack is a little bit suspicious. I'm not saying that she necessarily did anything wrong by being in the band with with her kind of ex, but at the same time, I think that like a heads up to Jack would have been, you know, Right. No, I agree. The right thing to do. Do you feel like omission is lying? I do. You yes. do. In at least in for this everything case. in this not case. for I think it I don't I think it's circumstantial. Yeah. Um because but like for this, like I think that that's a detail that Yeah, I probably would have been pretty transparent about it. Yeah, I just feel like her not telling him was her trying to trying to like be suspicious or not cause an right. issue where yeah. she thinks there would have been one or whatever the case may be but I just think like this isn't like the fact that they used to date isn't just something that like oh you forgot to mention you know yeah. what I mean right no I agree and then after that I think we see we're at Kevin's show right mm-hmm. I have to say I love Toby's little jacket moment it looks so handsome in that jacket. I love that jacket. I think that Toby is the best dresser on the show. I agree. He's so snazzy. And what's funny is I think Chris, um, what is his last name? The guy who plays Toby. Chris, Chris Sullivan. Yeah. Chris Sullivan is also a snazzy dresser in real life. Like he wears he fun is, things yeah. to premieres and stuff. So maybe that they took that inspo yeah. from him in real life. But Toby is absolutely justified in saying that he wants to wait to get married until she's ready to talk about like all the issues. I I think he's totally justified. Honestly, like I said, I think that I would have been more angry if I was Toby. So yeah. I think that he handled it very well. I agree. Also, if Toby wants to have a water park wedding with me, I would love to have a water park wedding. <laughs> that sounds so fun. I was I like thinking the whole time. I'm like, that sounds like a good time. Float down the Lazy River. He had me at Lazy River. I was like, okay. <laughs> I love Lazy Rivers. Oh, me too. Um, and then I think we're back in a flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jack and Rebecca are talking about um, ex-boyfriend. I don't know why I didn't write down his name, but it's fine. Um and they're talking and they're fighting, like we talked about, you know, because Rebecca kind of omitted that information. I do think when you get in crazy heated arguments, sometimes you do need to walk away because you start saying things that you might not mean or that you mean in the core of your soul, but would never say out loud because they're so like soul shaking to the other person. They're just ugly. Like you become this version of yourself that you don't want to be. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's kind of what happens here. Rebecca says that she basically says that Jack is always getting in her way of what she yeah. wants to do, which I'm like, ooh. I would just like to say Rebecca's pretty nasty when they fight. Like when she was pregnant and was like talking to him and she was like nasty about how he had like this sad family. I forget what she says, but I'm just like, ooh, Rebecca. Yeah. I'm not saying Jack's in the right either. Like Jack said some stuff. 
Like, I agree, but like he, I also feel like he was more justified in this issue because he was basically like, you lied to me. Yeah. And she was like, no, I didn't. And even at the beginning when he's talking to Miguel, like he doesn't voice those concerns about the the whole thing about the tour and stuff to Rebecca because he really wants her to have it. Like he wants her to have it. Right. But he's just having a hard time. And I think it's okay to have a hard time. Yeah. You know, but he knew if he brought it up, he wouldn't, she wouldn't go. And he yeah. and she'd resent him, which I get. Yeah. Do you think that her maybe saying that you always get in the way of like what I want to do in my dreams is her some of her like resentment about maybe having children and getting married which is like something that Jack really kind of pushed her into yeah because remember at the bar x guy said oh she didn't want to get married when we were together right and she did not want to have three kids either she didn't want to have any kids and Jack like pushed her into that too so yeah I think probably I think people don't talk enough about I mean, people talk not still not enough about like the autonomy that you lose when you have kids, but I don't think people talk a lot about how sometimes you lose your autonomy when you get married too. Um, because like I was this person and now I'm this person with another person. And sometimes you get a little bit lost like in that. So yeah, she might feel resentful. She might also be like, I don't even know who I am anymore because I've lost like two identities basically. Right. Um, you know, and is realizing that now as her kids get old, like, is her title just mom or is she herself? Is she Rebecca, you know, before she was Rebecca Pearson too? Right. Um, and then we see Randall and he realizes kind of, I think, like subconsciously almost that he's not going to be able to go to Kevin's play. Yeah. So he calls Kevin but he's just like so out of it that he doesn't really even remember why he called Kevin. And Kevin yes, he's like, like, hey, what can I do for you? Yeah. And I feel very bad for him. This also makes me love Kevin. Like I love Kevin for this because if you because we've seen Kevin act like a brat, right? Like at the mm-hmm. restaurant when he was like, you've never even come to one of my shows, blah, 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 blah. And I think as somebody watching it the first time, I was like, oh my God, is Kevin going to do what he did? when they went to dinner and just be like an absolute brat about it. Right. Right. Like that's what I was worried about. And then, but like, also you're thinking, okay, he's Jack Pearson's son. Like that's what the whole episode is about. Really. It's about Mm -hmm. Kevin and choices that Kevin makes. And then you just see it on Kevin's face. He's like, okay, are are you okay? It's fine. It's, it's going to be playing for a while, like trying to calm Randall down. Mm -hmm. And I, and then you, I think, is this where you also see that flashback of like Randall freaking out when they're teenagers and Kevin just ignoring him? Yeah. Well, and yeah. I can't say, so like, I think that obviously we see like that growth with Kevin then like showing that right. parallel, but I thought about it too. I'm like, I think that at 16 or 17 years old, however old they were when the flashback took place, like right. I also see why Kevin didn't really do anything about right. it because well, I also was think Kevin was there. pretty jealous of Randall and think I felt like Kevin was almost disappointed too when they were having that talk about him having sex with Sophie and they went to Randall right away I think Kevin was a little bit jealous well that's what I think I think that Kevin has a lot of reason to be jealous all of their childhood because Kevin's like we said before like Kevin is the back burner child yeah so. yeah I agree I do feel like, yeah, Kevin is the back burner kid. I do feel like when there's teenagers, Kate's kind of the back burner baby. Sometimes I think that there's other instances though, where maybe we don't necessarily, her parents don't always know what's going on. Yeah, right. But she requires a lot, if that makes sense. And like, we will get more into it as like these things happen because some of them are major spoilers. Yeah. But yeah, I think that there's a lot of things that happen with Kate, whereas right. though, like some of it's like withheld information, but. My other thing I was thinking during this episode is like, did no one bother in Randall's family to text or call him when Beth's mom broke her hip? Like, I'm pretty sure Mandy Moore and Ma- Mandy Moore, I'm pretty sure Rebecca and Miguel, they don't live close, but they don't live super far away. So 
Like, where was the help for him? Like, even if they came halfway through the day, like, where was everybody? And well, Toby and Kate are still in New York. Well, we do know that Randall and Rebecca are still kind of on the outs. Yeah, I guess that's true. But we I have mean, not seen any reconciliation yet, really. Yeah, but de- desperate times, you know. I mean, yeah, but at the yeah. same time, like I do feel I'm, like there was a little bit of reconciliation, though. In last little. Christmas, when he's reading that book, he asks her a question while he's reading to the kids in a very nice way, in a very um, authentic way. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I don't blame him. I wish he would have never forgiven her. But <laughs> here we are. <laughs> oh, too funny! Just kidding. Also, I I want to say like what what would have happened to randall if kevin did show up like i'm just curious would someone have found him in his office the next morning i don't know huddled in a corner like that yeah i'm just curious like it's just interesting to me but then we see kevin like making this choice and he just leaves salone on the stage and starts running yeah and i thought that was really like it just warmed my heart yeah, and that's what made him Jack Pearson's son because that's yeah. what Jack would have done, you know? Right, and I do, this is the scene that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. This is what had me hooked. Like, Randall's anxiety through this whole episode, I feel like, is very relatable to me personally just because I do deal with really bad anxiety and it's high-functioning. So, like, you take on a lot of stuff and then, like, it's too much and you can't even function. Like, when Randall's forgetting words and stuff and has cloudy brain, like, this is an overshare guys, but I'm just sharing it because I feel like it's important to talk about mental health stuff. But I mean, that ha- that's happened to me many a times. Like, and yeah, so I, I do, I guess I just feel for Randall so deeply in this episode. And I think Sterling K. Brown does an amazing job of like, and the writing is good where it's just like the reality of having like major anxiety and panic disorder and just, you know, overperforming yeah. because, and not because you want to, because you feel like, you have to there's like this compulsive need right right so I just it hooked that hooked me in a different way that the show has hooked me because I'm like oh we're gonna get down to the nitty-gritty we're going to show the ugliness of like what goes on with people yeah so yeah I think it's a I think it's a very good portrayal as well so yeah I agree um on a lighter note yes did you notice what the name of the play is yeah well something something about the back of an egg the back of an egg (laughs) yeah the back of an egg why I don't know but I just thought that was really funny especially considering we we don't really know what the play's about other than the fact that it's about a ghost a ghost (laughs) husband yeah I know I'm like what is happening I need I need backstory on this I need backstory on why William can't have a coke like (laughs) (laughs) so funny and then we finish off that episode. We see Jack. He ended up going to Oceanans. By and, himself. Yeah. And he ordered, what did he order? Maker's Mark? It was a wit, yeah. Like whiskey. Alcohol. Yeah. It was like very sad. That, I felt like this, yeah. the end of this episode, the whole episode was like pretty sad. But I thought that, I mean, just like personally for Jack, I'm sure he felt like crap. Yeah, I agree. And Rebecca's not responsible for him not drinking. Like, I'm not saying that at all. Like, he is responsible for his own self. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I just think it's very sad that he's spending Valentine's Day at O'Shannon's by himself, eating a cheeseburger and drinking a whiskey that he, I don't know how, at this point in time, I don't know how long he was sober. Mm, well, if the kids were young, probably like 10 years. Yeah. Very sad. They were like eight. I think. Yeah, eight, I think you're right. So like nine, 10 years, roughly. Sad. Yeah. Sad times. So sad. Yeah. So are you, do you have anything else? Nope. That's all I had. Yay. Um, so would you like me, would you like to go first with your favorite and least favorite? Sure. So my least favorite was when Kate can't talk to Toby about Jack and like I also feel like she she was just wrong in this moment I don't know I just yeah. felt like it was icky because she's the one that got into the heavy stuff 
yeah she she's aching for doing that to him and then not like yes like, reciprocating yeah i don't know I, just, I didn't like it at all um my favorite was kevin going to randall at the end and being yeah. jack pearson's son yeah i can be goosebumps thanks my <laughs> our least favorite and favorite are different this week which i'm shocked wow. yeah we usually have one that's the same i know my least favorite it was a close call but my least favorite is when they're fighting about the ex-boyfriend jack and rebecca like it's just nasty and yucky and i gave me an icky feeling and i hated That's it and i hated cool. what rebecca said um and then my favorite is again i'm very close your moment was like right there but kevin and miguel talking to each other and miguel saying all that like wonderful kind stuff to kevin that he never heard when he was a kid i think is really important and i just thought it was a really lovely moment yeah I agree I love I love that moment too yeah how many times did you cry none mm. you um I I wouldn't say I cried I definitely teared up when Miguel was talking to Kevin there was tears and I would just like to say for the record the first time I saw the scene where Kevin goes to Randall I was a blubbering mess and I remember it perfectly because because I forget who it was either my sister or my husband just like came into the room and they were like horrified <laughs> like are you what happened to you I'm like, it's the show <laughs> it's the um, show um but yeah those were mine that's so funny I know how about your pop culture pick so my pop culture pick um is something I was inspired I had something else picked out and then I was like really inspired by Rebecca singing Sam Cook. So I thought I'd pick something about Sam Cooke. Um, on Netflix, there's this really good documentary about Sam Cooke because there's a lot of misinformation out there about Sam Cooke. Like for a long time, I thought he was um, like, uh, that he tried to assault, sexually assault a woman in a hotel. Um, but I found out that this is like completely not true and a fa fallacy. Um, but it's called The Two Killings of Sam Cooke because Sam Cooke was murdered. Um, but it basically talks about how there was like this narrative spun and not conspiracy theories, but sometimes some people think that this woman at the hotel who ended up shooting him um, was paid by the government because he was stirring up civil rights relations where he would refuse to play to rooms if they only put white people um, in the crowd on the bottom and made the black people sit up top, which by the hmm. way, guys, if you don't know, Sam Cooke is a black man. Um, so it's just really good, but it's, I think, I think it's called the two killings because his reputation, like he was literally physically killed, um, murdered, but I also think like kind of his reputation and his music kind of died with him where he could have been this like huge, huge, huge star. Um, and it was just cut short. So, um, right. it's, it's really, it was really interesting. Smokey Robinson is in it. Um, and he, they were friends, but it just talks about all this stuff. And it's on Netflix. It's called The Two Killings of Sam, Sam Cook. So yeah. I think I said Smith earlier, but it's Sam Cook. Um, yeah. So it's really good. Sorry if I said Sam Smith Cook. I don't know if I did or not, but now <laughs> no, I feel like said, I did. So. No, you said Sam Cook. Okay, good. Well, Sam yeah. Cook. So The Two Killings of Sam Cook, but it's really, really interesting and um, talks a lot about the civil rights movement. So huh. that is interesting. I'll have to check that out. It's a heavy one, though, obviously, guys, because the content is very, you know, heavy, but right. it's good. What about you? My pop culture pick this week is the book Troublemaker by Leah Remini. Oh, is it about so, psychology? Yes. Al, so Allie, back in like several months ago, got me hooked into the docu-series on Netflix about um allegedly what Scientology does <laughs> and I say allegedly because I don't want to get sued or fair gamed by Scientology <laughs> just saying <laughs> so, um, a powerful organization they are powerful but her book was just really good and it also talks about how she got into acting some and about her time on king of queens and how like they were one of the number one ranked television shows but because of that like, show well her her and um kevin james like 
they were so good on the show together. I love that show. It's like a comfort show for me. Jerry Stiller, he's lovely too. Oh my God, he is lovely. And so it was really interesting because like their show was constantly ranked number one and then they didn't win any awards at all ever until like the very last season Kevin James was nominated for an award but it does happen all the time and I don't understand yeah and she gets into a little bit of it and like some like how the politics were and stuff but I listened to an audiobook and she narrates it which I think is like even better because she's like she's so funny and then when you hear like her her inflections and stuff like it just really like pulls the whole book together I think so yeah, I, I I need to listen to it on audiobook because I, I admire her very much. I think she's a boss. Like, she's amazing. And she ha- just has, like, this great attitude about everything and doesn't take any crap from anybody. And that's something I very much admire. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good book. And it's interesting if you're, like, curious about Scientology, but it's also just about her life, so if you don't care anything about Scientology, it's also really interesting in that aspect as well, so. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Look at us. We made it through episode 15. I can't believe it. Guys, that means we have three episodes left, and then we're done with the first season. Yeah, and they're all gonna leave me a wreck. I just looked <laughs> forward, and I was like, great. I'm going to be crying a lot. <laughs> I know. You've been saying this for a few weeks now, but the next one is going to be the one. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a wreck. Oh. oh, goodness. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Again, if you want to yeah. follow us on Instagram at this too much pod, if you want to write to us, if you want to slide into our DMs on there, if you want to write to us via email, um, it's this too much pod at gmail.com. I always put them in the synopsis also. So if you can't remember that, it's okay because they're in the synopsis for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this was us. This was us. Bye. Bye.